0: And our chapter reading for today is chapter 50, the last chapter in the book of Genesis. What started out in pristine beauty in the Garden of Eden, in paradise, ended with five words in the last sentence of the book, in a coffin in Egypt. This is what sin does. This is part of the great story of God. You see, one of the reasons we know that the Word of God, the Bible, is inspired is because it doesn't paint a rosy picture all the time. It just tells the truth. You see, the story of God's redemptive plan really has a lot of people that mess up. Does this comfort you? Does this make you feel at home? Well, it should. What it should do is keep us from looking down our sanctified noses at someone else. Because be careful, every finger you point, remember the posture of the hand points three back at you. You see, Jesus said, get the log out of your own eye before you start dealing with the splinter of someone else. The ground is level the ground is level at humanity. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What Adam started in the garden continues in us, and it is only the grace of Almighty God that gets us out of the ditch that we have put ourselves into. Wouldn't it be nice to just blame Adam? But the fact is, you and I have sinned over and over and over again. We choose to do it. And if you think keeping the Ten Commandments, or you think keeping the law is the way to Salvation. If you want to just try to be good, then just try to be good. And you will see that your heart is wicked. It's desperately wicked. Who can know it? And so, what started in the garden ended up in a coffin in Egypt. But the story doesn't end bad, it ends well. You see, God had blessed and kept his promise that he promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that they would go into a land and be strangers for over 400 years. And after God's great plan in using Joseph and sending him ahead... Jacob and all the family came down from Canaan, and there was a great reunion in that diluvian fan of the Nile River in Goshen, where God allowed them to end their days in peace, in harmony, in prosperity. What an awesome God we serve. Those of you who know me know that that word awesome is not something I use often, and you shouldn't either. In the Bible, awesome refers to the works of God, to God himself. You see, sometimes we say, oh, that was an awesome game. Oh, that's an awesome car. Oh, that's an awesome house. That's an awesome guy. That's an awesome girl. Oh, no, 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 no. God is awesome, and his work is awesome. And we need to reserve that phrase for God and the works of God and the supernatural acts of God. Somebody being saved and experiencing the redemption of God, now that's awesome. Someone living in victory over sin, now that's awesome. Someone getting freed from addiction, now that's awesome. But let's reserve that word and not dumb it down to what we have today. Well, back to the text. You see, God had blessed Joseph, and his sons were even blessed by his own father. And you can read about that in the intervening chapters from chapter 45 onward. And in chapter 49, we have the great blessing of Jacob to his sons and the prediction of their lives. And, all oh, was he accurate. You see, the blessing of God upon children by their father really does mean something. Even in the names, the names that the Jewish people give to their children are prophetic. Or they hope that they are. And that's why they wait until they're eight days old to name them because they get to know that child to make sure that child is going to live. For instance, you remember the sons of Elimelech and of Naomi. They were named uh, Malihon and Kilihan. That means whiny and piny. Why? Because they were sickly children. They were always whining and crying and pining away. And so that's what Elimelech and Naomi named those children because that's their character. That was their nature. You remember the prayer of Jabez. Jabez means the one who causes pain. And Jabez prayed, God, don't let me live up to my name. They named their child pain, one who brings pain. I mean, can you imagine a parent saying, hey, you're causing me pain. I'm going to name you pain. And every time you are called, you remember that you are the one that causes the family pain. Jabez said, God, please don't let me live up to my name. And God heard and answered his prayer. And so in chapter 49, you have Jacob. He named those children, and it was prophetic. And Judah, the tribe of praise, was the tribe from which David came and the Messiah came. And it is the tribe that is featured in the Bible. All of these 12 sons had prophecies about their name. But when we come to chapter 50, Jacob dies. And God had so blessed Jacob, given him great trust and faith in him. And Jacob said, Joseph, don't bury me here. Take me to where I buried my wife, Aleah, where my father Isaac and my mother, Rebecca, were buried. And my grandfather, Abraham, and my grandmother, Sarah, at Mamre, at Hebron, at the cave of Machpelah. I want to be buried there. And indeed, the Bible says that he was embalmed. When you read this chapter, and I know you have already, they embalmed his father. And that was a 40-day process. And it even says that in chapter 50 and verse 3. And then there were 70 days of mourning. And then the scripture says that Joseph went to Pharaoh and said, if I found favor in your sight, and of course he had, would you let me go bury my dead? And just the children. And the shepherds stayed behind, probably Egyptians that they had serving them and had trained them, or foreigners that were there in the land. The Egyptians didn't get into shepherding, but there were many foreigners there, and so they let them take care of the flocks, and the entire tribe went up. And buried Jacob in the cave of Machpelah. And so the scripture says that there was deep mourning. This is verse 11 deep mourning of the Egyptians. Therefore, the name was called Abel Mitzrayim. Now, Mitzrayim is the word that's translated Egypt in our English Bibles, but Mitzrayim is the Hebrew name, the biblical name for Egypt. Abel means part of a meadow or or a valley around a brook somewhere. So, this is the term Abel Mithraim, or the meadow or the valley there of a quiet place where they were mourning, which is beyond Jordan. That means that it was on the eastern side of the Jordan. You always remember measure distances from Yerushalayim, from that patriarchal ridge and highway that runs north to south, from Shechem scheme in the north, all the way down to Beersheba in the south. And so they buried him in the cave where his ancestors were. And so Joseph, when he did this immediately in verse 15, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will repay us now that we have no longer our father here because maybe he was just doing what he was doing because of that. Isn't this amazing? This is what guilt does to you. It just drives you crazy because you see, you cannot even forgive yourself for what you've done because they hadn't received the forgiveness of God. And so they had to have reassurance again. And what did Joseph do in verse 19? Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. I am in the place of God. Now he's not saying he was God. He's saying I am in the very place where God put me. Now, those of you who are listening to this podcast, listen to me. There is no greater place of security than to know you're in the place where God has put you. There's great safety there. There's security there. You're not jealous of anyone. You're not envious of anyone. You don't have to worry about your position. Just get where God wants you to be and stay there. That's the place of security. That's the place of safety. These young guys, many of them that I deal with that are pastoring, they are so insecure. They don't want anybody around that can preach better than they can because they're so insecure about their own position. I believe one of the greatest ways and one of the greatest things that brings about success in the pulpit, I'm talking about the anointing of God upon your life, is to know, first of all, that God puts you there. But many guys work and manipulate and try to make sure that they put forth the best effort, and that's all good. But listen, if you have to manipulate something to get somewhere, you're going to have to manipulate to stay somewhere. But if God arranges and puts you somewhere, you don't have to worry. You're right where God wants you to be, and you're not going anywhere until God says it's time to go. And what you need to do is to have in great men of God that will encourage your people. And if you say, well, they can preach better and teach better than I can. Well, praise God that somebody can preach and teach better than you can. Let your people experience that, and they will love you forever. The people that have been in the churches that I've pastored, they've got a lot of complaints about me in a lot of different areas, and rightly so. I tell you, I was my own biggest enemy most of the time, especially in my younger days, some in the latter years. But I can tell you it wasn't anybody else. I'm my own greatest enemy. And what I'm saying to you is probably you are as well. But one of the things I did is I had at the churches where I pastored, whether it was in the country or whether it was in downtown San Diego, California, or whether it was in Knoxville, North Carolina, wherever it was, the people always heard the best in the land. And if we only could have one guy in One man in a year, I would have in the very best I could and I would spend all the money I could to get them in because I wanted them to hear the best. And you know why? Because I was so secure in where I was because I knew God had put me there. This is so important. Joseph said, I'm in the very place of God. I am in the place where God wants me to be. And he's let me be the Lord of this land. And he says, but as for you, you meant this is evil. And what Joseph was saying is, look, what you did was wrong. And your intent of your heart was wrong. But aren't you glad that God's able to take our mess ups and do something with them that's good? Now, everyone that's listening to this ought to have a sigh of relief right here. I mean, y'all just go right now, (sighs) oh, that's wonderful. Because God can take your mess ups, your mess ups, and my mess ups, and He can use all of that, wrap it around some way, and turn it out for our good and for His glory. This is exactly what happened. And Joseph was basically saying, boys, you need to settle down a little bit. I meant what I said. I'm in the place where God wants me to be. And he sent me ahead, not just to save my family. God didn't just do this to save my family, but to yours. But a greater thing he was doing was fulfilling a promise that he made to our grandfather, Abraham. You see, God promised in chapter 15, he said, you are going to be a stranger in a land for over 400 years. But after 400 years, I'm going to bring you out. And Joseph was so assured of this and trusting God. He was such a man of faith that in verse 24, listen to this. And Joseph said to his brethren, I am dying, but God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land of which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob. He said, God will be faithful. I won't live to see it. You won't live to see it. But you tell your lineage after you to take Joseph with you because Joseph said God's going to do it because God himself said he was going to do it. Then Joseph took an oath from the children of Israel saying, God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died being 110 years old and they embalmed him and put him in a coffin in Egypt. And listen to this, when we get in the book of Exodus, you're going to see, and I will call it to your attention. When the children of Israel left, they took the bones of Joseph with them and buried him in the very place that was his scheme. And so we're going to look at that in the future. What's the bottom line here? God, God rules and God overrules. And if you've messed up, welcome to the human race. If you have royally messed up, welcome to the human race. And what you need to do and I need to do is repent of our sin We need to ask God to forgive us and start doing the right thing, and God will help us. But be secure in where you are. Get where God wants you to be, and that is the safest place on earth. And trust God. That's what Joseph did as he walked on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies.